Let me, for a minute, talk about science. So far, human beings have raised the temperature of the Earth one degree. When I wrote The End of Nature 21 years ago, which, as Elliot said, was the first book for a general audience about climate change, sort of the beginning of the moment right around then that people began to take this prospect seriously, we would not have thought that one degree would be enough to cause enormous damage. We would have thought that real change would be several degrees and hence some decades down the road. But it turns out, and this has been the scientific story of the last 20 years, that we were quite wrong about that, that the planet was more finely balanced than we understood, and that one degree has been enough to cause very large-scale change already. Sometimes that's hard for us to conceive of. It's especially hard for us to conceive of in a place as beautiful as this. Uh, with R Ruthie Brown and some other friends hiked yesterday to uh, 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 the saddle at Electric Pass uh, at 12,000 feet, and we were in a raging snowstorm, and it couldn't have been more beautiful. Um, um, and, and the world felt entirely right, uh, as if it was turning on its axis. But when I got home and flicked on the uh, computer, the NASA data for the first six months of the year had just been released and made it clear that we've just gone through the warmest January to June for which there have ever been records. That change, that one degree, about two watts per square meter of the Earth's surface of extra energy, has been enough to trigger very large-scale changes. Let me describe just a few of them very briefly. One, everything frozen on the face of the Earth is melting and melting rapidly. At the moment, the Arctic is melting more quickly even than in the summer of 2007, which set the record so far for most rapid melt that we've seen. There's about 40% less ice cover in the Arctic than there was when those pictures came back from the first Apollo missions uh, uh, in the mid-1960s. That picture in our mind's eye of the Earth viewed from outer space is now woefully out of date. The Earth's oceans, this would be the second point, the Earth's oceans, uh, uh, long our metaphor for vastness, and frankly, 20 years ago, considered impervious, at least in their chemistry, to uh, anything humans can do, are changing very rapidly. As seawater absorbs excess carbon from the atmosphere, it's becoming steadily more acid, about 30% more acid, enough already to interfere with the ability of marine organisms at the bottom of the food chain to do their thing. So when you think about those pictures from the Gulf of Mexico, which indeed are hideous, uh, Remember that even if that oil had made it safely ashore and into the tank of somebody's car and been burned, it still would have set off an ecological catastrophe, one of whose functions, one of whose effects would have been is to turn all seven seas steadily more acid. We can't see it, but it's at least as powerful an effect as what's happening in the Gulf. Three. Maybe the most important physical fact of this century is going to turn out to be this simple, uh, 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 the simple fact that warm air holds more water vapor than cold air. Uh, that means that in arid areas, we're seeing increases in evaporation. The atmosphere is 5% moister than it was 40 years ago. That is an astonishing change in a basic physical parameter of this Earth. 
What it means most palpably is that in wet areas, we're seeing remarkable and very frightening increases in the rate of precipitation, of rapid and violent precipitation. At this latitude, the number of storms, the number of storms that drop more than two inches of rain in a 24-hour period has increased something like 25%. All around the world now, and this has been especially evident this year, we see someplace on the planet the thousand-year storm happening almost every day. In this continent, in the past eight or not ten weeks, it's been Nashville, Tennessee, completely underwater, then the mountains of Arkansas with 20 or 30 people dead, camped along a river that had never risen as high as it had risen. Then it was Oklahoma City with 10 inches of rain in the course of a day. At the moment, they're desperately opening every dam that they can along the Rio Grande because we've seen the largest rainfall ever along the Texas-Mexico border, the result of just an unnamed tropical storm drifting uh, 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 across that territory in the last few days. The flooding is epic, especially downstream in Mexico. Even the sheer temperature of the earth is the, 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 the numbers that we're getting day in and day out off thermometers around the planet are pretty powerful. The temperature of the earth globally averaged has gone up one degree, but of course that global average hides enormous increases in extremes. Seven countries in the last six weeks have set new all-time temperature records, uh, and that march continues on apace. We've raised the temperature of the planet one degree, and that's been enough to do the things that I just described. There's another degree of temperature increase almost certainly coming, already in the pipeline from carbon we've emitted so far. Okay. We're not going to stop global warming. The question is whether we'll stop it short of absolute civilization-scale challenge, because the climatologists have made it very clear that what we can expect in the course of this century goes well beyond that two degrees to which we're already committed. The by no means worst case scenario, the absolute mainstream consensus guess is that we are looking at about five degrees of warming in the course of the century unless we make with extreme rapidity, far more rapidly than our political and economic systems wish to make it, the transition from fossil energy to something else.